Welcome to Menu Feed, a bi-weekly podcast from Winsight Media's two food service brands, Restaurant Business and Food Service Director. I'm Pat Kobe, Senior Editor covering menu, food, and drink for both brands. Today I'm sitting down with Chris Birkinshaw, CEO of Aloha Poke, a fast casual with locations in Chicago, Detroit, Milwaukee, Minneapolis, and Florida. Listen as Chris relays how he's helped grow the concept by diversifying the menu and building a strategic franchising plan. Welcome, Chris. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about Aloha Poke and how it got started and what the menu is like. So let's begin with um, the question about how the first Aloha Poke launched and how many locations there are now. Sure. Uh, Pat, the first Aloha Poke location opened in Chicago's French Market, which is really the original food hall in Chicago. It's mm-hmm. been open for 10 years now uh, inside the main commuter uh, rail terminal at, at Ogilvy Transportation Center. Uh, and we opened in uh, March of 2016. And the reception was uh, nothing short of unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It was just the really the right confluence of product and and place and timing, and uh, people went mad for it. Poke had already become, uh, I think, a little more popular on uh, the coasts and had taken its time to come uh, inward, and uh, the founding team uh, really saw uh, an opportunity to bring that, you know, fresh, you know, fish and ingredients and and sushi in a bowl to uh, the people of Chicago right as it started to get warm. Uh, right in the in the thriving West Loop, and mm-hmm. uh, there were uh, lines around the block, and uh, you know I was uh, uh, one of those people who <clears throat> waited in line, you know, for hours to to get my poke every day because <laughs> uh, there was nothing like it in Chicago at the time. Right. Uh, and then uh, the company quickly expanded, opened two more locations within the next six months, and fast forward uh, three and a half years later. Uh, we've got 18 locations. We're in five major markets, Chicago, Milwaukee, Minneapolis, Washington, D.C., and Boca Raton. Uh, we're continuing to expand in, uh, in the Midwest, Mid-South, and, and Southeast, and we're also uh, launched a, a franchise program in uh, June of 2019 uh, to bring Aloha Poke to uh, new markets with uh, the right local operators. Mm-hmm. So are some of them freestanding, obviously? They're not all in food halls. Is that correct? Yeah, we've got one of just about everything in our portfolio, except an airport yet. Uh, we've got the non-traditional venue and, you know, transit centers and, and food halls uh, that can be sometimes as small as 250 square feet and, mm-hmm. and really high volume. And we've also got you know, your traditional brick and mortar central business district, university areas and, and campuses, uh, the sort of urban north side of, of Chicago mm-hmm. and, and suburban locations as well with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, larger footprints, you know, as big as 2,000 square feet. Uh, so we've, we've really proven the model out that it works in, in the city and non-traditional venues in, you know, uh, urban areas and suburban areas and, uh, and it's really gone great. Great. Well, let's talk a little bit about the menu. Um, how did Aloha Poke come up with the combinations in the house bowls that you offer? So uh, when uh, we were first looking at the menu, uh, the idea was that a lot of folks like to customize their poke bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, they know which you know ingredients they might usually find in sushi that they like, or uh, ingredients they're familiar with, or you know know what goes with what, and want to really customize it maybe to a dietary preference also. Mm-hmm. 
but a lot of folks were new to poke and you know had never heard of it and so we're looking for some direction on uh, on you know what to order so we came up with the house bowls the aloha bowl the crunch bowl and the volcano bowl really to appeal to uh, the the ingredients that we had and to to go a specific route so the the Aloha Bowl is very light, it's a little bit sweet, uh, and plays more, you know, to the, you know, pineapple and sweet and sour flavors. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got the Volcano Bowl with our, our spiciest sauce. It's my favorite, personally, mm -hmm. uh, the Volcano Sauce, because a lot of times when a menu item says it's spicy, I don't really find it that spicy, but <laughs> right. the Volcano Sauce gets me sweating. So mm -hmm. <laughs> it's something I really enjoy, and uh, the Volcano Sauce, the Volcano Bowl plays on those flavors of you know, heat and jalapenos. And then uh, our most popular by far is the, the crunch bowl mm -hmm. uh, because we, we take the traditional fresh poke ingredients and then, uh, you know, add crunchy onions and then a, a great combination of a spicy aioli and a, a sweet and savory samurai sauce. Uh, and it's a, a beautiful bowl. It's our most popular one and it mm. uh, gets a lot of people hooked. Right. Well, we've heard a lot about how decision paralysis um, happens to customers when it comes to build your own bowls. So is customization kind of waning at Aloha Poke or is it still very popular as an option? It's still very popular as an option. Mm -hmm. So we find that while many customers might start with a house bowl, uh, because they may not know what goes with what or right. uh, or what to decide. Uh, we we find that uh, about 60% of the bowls we sell are the customized pack-your-own mm. bowl uh, variety. And it's something really appealing to uh, consumers for a bunch of reasons. Uh, you know, one, uh, unlike uh, your traditional sushi bowl, uh, this is something that is preeminently customizable. Mm -hmm. So folks, I think, are drawn to that uh, because you're not married to what happens to be inside the, the nori. And uh, the other reason is that a lot of our customers have, uh, you know, dietary or lifestyle needs mm -hmm. that we can really easily fill. So uh, gluten-free, no problem. You mm -hmm. know, paleo, uh, you know, high, uh, high protein, you know, low or no carbohydrate, you got it. Mm. Vegetarian, vegan, et cetera. So the, the customized bowls really are, uh, are the, the mainstay. Mm -hmm. So are you diversifying the menu in any way to attract customers who may not want pokey that particular day? Is there some other option they can order? Of course. So uh, I myself am a, you know, could eat sushi three meals a day, five, seven days a week. But uh, we, we know that find any group of people, there's probably one person in, in, or more that raw fish isn't their favorite. Mm -hmm. So we uh, identify this as a menu gap and we added uh, cooked, we have a beautiful sous vide chicken. Mm. Uh, it's a, a really clean label, salt, pepper, water, chicken breast uh, that, we, that we have. Uh, and then in addition, uh, cooked shrimp. So it's a great mm. way to bring seafood in that isn't maybe raw seafood that uh, folks may be squeamish about. Right. So uh, those items, they, they don't mix very heavily, but they're definitely there to either make sure that we have something for the kids or something for the veto vote. And it mm -hmm. also was really important to, uh, to our catering program. So mm. if you've got a big group of people to feed, uh, we heard from tons of people that they thought that our poke was a real treat. Um, but you need to appeal to a really large variety of, of taste buds. So right. that's where uh, increasing the... Uh, the proteins that we have available is really helpful. Mm -hmm. So when you do catering, is it do you set it up as a build-your-own-bowl kind of um, buffet, or how is the catering handled? We, we typically do set it up as a build-your-own-bowl. So we've got this terrific spread of, uh, you know, our poke and the tuna and salmon, you know, either naked or marinated with uh, rice and, and greens and all of the different uh, toppings so that uh, 
sorry, let me start over. Uh, so when we do our catering, mm -hmm. our most popular uh, option is the the uh, pack your own bowl. So we set up everything, mm -hmm. and uh, your your uh, diners can go through and build their own poke bowl mm -hmm. with uh, all of the different poke that we have available. You know, tuna and salmon, marinated and naked, uh, bases like rice and greens, and then. Uh, all of the ingredients set up so mm -hmm. that folks can, you know, really build their own poke bowl, and it's a huge hit. So is winter a time when people aren't ordering as much poke, especially in Chicago, because it's so cold and it's kind of a cold dish? <laughs> it is, and we do see a, a, a bigger seasonality curve with mm -hmm. poke than I'm used to seeing with other foods. Mm -hmm. uh, that said, uh, we have folks where you know, typically the holidays are an indulgent time where you mm -hmm. might eat or drink a little too much of foods that aren't great for you. And uh, so, you know, while uh, it may not be as popular around the holidays, come January 1, when folks are looking to make that New Year's uh, resolution mm -hmm. and have something to eat that makes you feel good after you've worked out, uh, we see a, a, a real surge in volume that helps uh, mm -hmm. make it through the winter. Okay, cool. So poke actually originated in Hawaii. When I was in Hawaii maybe 10 years ago, I remember people walking around with cups of poke, and I had never seen it before. But how are you and other fast casual concepts changing that, and how important is authenticity to your concept? So poke in, in Hawaii is a lot different than every other mainland poke I've, I've tried. And mm -hmm. uh, like you have, have had the poke in Hawaii, which is typically... Uh, ahi tuna with kukui nuts and some slivered onions and a, a, a soy sauce marinade. Uh, in the mainland, I, I think I would liken it to a lot of cuisines where uh, it's a bit of a, a canvas that gets added onto as it's as it's translated. And so, yeah, in the mainland, you typically see less of the sort of deli container walking down the street by the mm -hmm. beach and more of a, you know, a, a, a salad. There are a lot more ingredients uh, mm -hmm. typically that are uh, that are available uh, to folks. And I wouldn't say it's all that uh, necessarily traditional at all, but it's uh, something where you've taken uh, a, a beloved Hawaiian staple and translated it into mm -hmm. something that's, um, you know, more than just a picnic snack and is something that's a, a real healthy meal that drives people. Right. And are you expanding to um, areas that aren't as, like, urbane or sophisticated? I mean, Chicago and the coasts, you know, are used to something like poke, but uh, maybe somebody in Omaha, Nebraska would not know what it is. Sure. So are, are those some of the markets you're looking at, or are you really focusing on markets that are a little more urbane? Uh, I think there's opportunity for poke everywhere, mm -hmm. and there's certainly, a, a, I think, a market gap in um, secondary cities. Omaha is a great example mm -hmm. where... Uh, a lot of things might be faster to come to the big cities, but there's still folks in those markets who uh, don't want to have to go to Minneapolis or Chicago to mm -hmm. try uh, new and healthy foods uh, that they've become aware of. So uh, I'm absolutely open-minded to uh, cities big and small because I think there are real health and, uh, and, and food trends uh, that uh, I'm happy to be on the forefront of in, mm -hmm. a, in a secondary market than be a follower-on in a primary market. And is it difficult to get the ingredients there? Like the fish is really fresh, so is that something that's more difficult in secondary cities? So that's that's one area where uh, we've we've really got a, a, a tremendous advantage. So we've got our supply chain, you know, really uh, buttoned up, so that mm -hmm. we're able to support markets 
uh, really throughout the United States, but we're looking for density in the eastern and central time zones mm -hmm. to make the most of it. But uh, we have our supply chain figured out to be able to, okay. to accommodate. Well, let's talk a little bit about delivery because that's such a hot topic this year. Um, have you changed up any of the bowls to make them more delivery friendly? So the best thing is we didn't need to. Mm -hmm. We have with the, the poke bowl, I, I think of it as uh, almost the, the perfect food for uh, the time we live in right now. Mm -hmm. It's portable, it's digital, it's customizable. Uh, poke was the, the number two search item on Grubhub last year. So oh, nice. uh, it r remains uh, an, an extremely popular food for uh, delivery. Luckily, it's uh, a lot easier than packaging a, a hot fries with a cold milkshake mm -hmm. or any of those concerns. Uh, so it's it's something where we, we didn't have to do much and there was already a lot of latent uh, demand and appeal on the delivery fund to make this uh, really portable. So you didn't have to add any menu items for delivery? We did not. Cool. And what kind of packaging do you use to assure that the quality and the food safety remain you know, top priorities. So packaging is is uh, is tough. So obviously, being in the fish business, we have a, a deep commitment to and uh, and reliance on you know sustainability and keeping plastic out of oceans. Mm -hmm. So there, unfortunately, are a lot of uh, bad options to choose from in terms of food packaging. So we've gone with a fully recyclable bowl. Uh, the bowl and the lid are recyclable because after extensive research working with our suppliers and our supply chain partners, uh, we found that it was the most sustainable uh, option uh, versus, uh, you know, air quotes, biodegradable bowl that can really only be composted in Seattle or San Francisco. Mm. So we, uh, we've, we've gone that route and uh, it's, it's worked so far. We're continuing to try to be on the, uh, on the leading edge of, of innovation and uh, around both sustainability mm -hmm. and, uh, and food packaging. So is it tamper-proof as well? I know that's important to a lot of customers. Uh, our, <laughs> our bowl isn't tamper-proof. Uh, we, we've looked at ideas uh, around this, I guess we haven't had an issue with anyone opening up a poke mm -hmm. bowl and taking a handful out of right. it. It's, it's where we're a little bit lucky. It's not quite as easy to, to sneak as uh, the French fries on, on top of the bag. Right. So uh, it's something where we, we haven't put tamper-proof labeling on. I guess we haven't necessarily had the, the need so far. Okay. But. So... Um is Aloha Poke addressing any of the plant-based eating trends? Are you introducing any like plant-based seafood items or are you making some of the bowls just veggie forward without any seafood? So uh, to start off, Pat, we sell a ton of tofu mm. and uh, our, our tofu bowl uh, is, is ranks just behind our fish in terms of popularity. So oh. we have a strong vegetarian following already mm -hmm. because uh, it's so easy to make our, our bowls vegetarian and vegan uh, friendly. Uh, on the topic of the plant-based uh, uh, trend, uh, we found, and from talking to hundreds of our customers, that they're already choosing raw ahi tuna or salmon. Uh, because they're making uh, a choice as an alternative to a burger or mm -hmm. the chicken or something fried. Uh, we we did try to offer a plant-based tuna made of rehydrated tomatoes mm. uh, uh, last year. Tried it at a bunch of locations and really tried to make it work. And we, again, just found that the market wasn't necessarily there with fish the way it might be with beef. Because uh -huh. customers were already choosing... Uh, uh, what they saw is a better whole food alternative to yeah. a, a burger. 
Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I didn't think of that. <laughs> but yeah. I know that some people are doing the tomatoes, um, you know, just to give it the look of poke. And I guess uh, on certain college campuses, I've heard about that, you know, but I maybe college students are just more into um, avoiding all animal protein <laughs> than the general population. It's possible. Yeah. We found that uh, marinated tofu was a mm -hmm. far more popular alternative to, uh, <laughs> right. to fish than, than fake fish. So several poke concepts are scaling back expansion or shutting down completely. That's been in the news a lot. So how is Aloha poke adapting to this? So you see, I, I think given the low barrier to entry in the poke segment, you saw a lot of mom and pop growth and you saw a lot of head first grow at any cost uh, growth as well. And it's, it's always a challenge with a, a company like this. And uh, we, we talk about it a lot internally on what's the right speed of growth? What's fast enough that you're aggressive and you're getting to market with something that you see as lightning in a bottle? What's measured enough to where you're learning along the way and understanding the landscape to where it's not a grow and contract, grow and contract cycle. Mm -hmm. So we've had staying power by making the right decisions on real estate, the right decisions on people, operating really well mm -hmm. and building density in markets where we go. Uh, I, I think where we've seen, uh, and, and we've seen in Chicago, every competitor honestly come and go. Uh, so mm -hmm. uh, we've had a, a ton of staying power here, I think as a result of the business decisions that we're making. So mm -hmm. uh, we're committed to operating well and growing every market uh, where we do business. And mm -hmm. that's the case right now. And rather than just putting dots on the map where we maybe can't support it from mm -hmm. a, a personnel or a supply chain standpoint. Right. So our growth platform will be to uh, grow in you know, major and secondary markets throughout the Midwest and the, and the Southeast and East Coast, Mid-Atlantic. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't want to turn around one day and have one store in Anchorage and one in Phoenix <laughs> and one in Burlington, Vermont, and you know, one in uh, you know, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. It's just right. really tough to do. And you mentioned earlier that you are looking to go into some non-traditional locations. Um, I think it would be a great airport kind of food. Is that something that you're looking at? We've had, I just came <laughs> off some, uh, some, some meetings this morning. Uh, I couldn't agree more as a frequent traveler. Uh, I, I struggle with eating healthy, uh, mm -hmm. especially in an airport setting. And we tick every box with customizable, portable, uh, healthy, uh, in line with what a lot of today's travelers are looking mm -hmm. for. So uh, I don't have anything specific to share right now, but mm -hmm. uh, I couldn't agree more that from a, a footprint, space, equipment, uh, product, and demand standpoint, mm -hmm. it's a no-brainer for an airport. Well, aside from airport food, what's next? What are you looking at? for 2020 and are you looking at any new ingredients or new flavors or new formats? So, you know, one of the things we've done, uh, we've done really well is to uh, keep our menu focused. It's really easy with, with something like this to just keep adding stuff to the menu. And then mm -hmm. you turn around one day and there are 120 items on the menu. So we look at, uh, through our, our test process, uh, things I really look at two two questions uh, with with menu uh, one is do customers want it and two is does it differentiate us mm -hmm. and so what we found uh, through our, our menu test process this year we've we've recently added a, a cauliflower rice so it's on trend mm -hmm. uh, virtually no carbohydrates it tastes great especially with mm -hmm. the veggies and the 
the fish and sauce added to it, and it's been extremely popular. We've just launched it in Chicago, and we're about to go nationwide with it. Uh, we uh, also brought on a really nice uh, mango Chardonnay dressing. Mm. So we, we found that we had a, a lot of our sauces were dairy or, or mayonnaise-based, and so they were either little heavy or uh, didn't appeal to vegans. So mm -hmm. uh, it's something where I myself uh, was guilty of, you know, uh, uh, eating uh, uh, too much uh, sometimes. <laughs> uh, I was looking for something lighter and this uh, this mango Chardonnay uh, mm -hmm. sauce uh, really struck those notes of, uh, you know, sweet and uh, uh, and, and tangy in, in the right quantities. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're we're uh, always looking uh, at, at uh, sort of what's next and, uh, and what customers want. I, uh, but I also want to be cautious of making sure we can still execute and still mm -hmm. uh, provide the same level of attention to all of the ingredients that we have in our menu. Thanks for sharing Aloha Poke's best practices, Chris. Join us next time to delve into more menu trends that will help you stay ahead of the curve.